0: Good evening. <laughs> <laughs> Good
1: and welcome evening. to the Hitchcock
0: Minute Podcast. Good evening. I'm Jonathan, and this is Chris. Hello. Hello, we're from Minute Impossible, and we are here talking about Minute 32 of Alfred Hitchcock's 1959 classic, North by
1: Northwest. Wait, no, that's about, that's our Mission Impossible sound. <laughs> This minute begins with the valet
0: valet valet leaving and, and ends oh and ends with Mr. Mr. Thornhill answering the phone. Bum, bum, bum.
1: <laughs> now what's amazing yeah. to me is that that he's not this guy, he's not Mr. Kaplan. He's just had this conversation with the valet about everything and the valet brought this suit and everything and he still tips him He he tips him. You know what? We live. We live in
0: a world where this has not happened. No, not at all. What a wonderful world! I went and looked it up. he tipped him two bucks. A dollar in 1960 is worth almost eight fifty here. so He tipped him almost twenty dollars. He
1: tipped him almost minimum wage. Now he did minimum wage.
0: (laughs) Yes, twenty dollars. Wow,
1: that's crazy. That's crazy.
0: Yes, I'm wanted for murder, but hey, I'm not. I'm not an animal.
1: You've done Double your the, job. Let me give you. I'm going
0: to tip you. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's, that's a weird one. That is weird. Now, he tips everybody in this movie. I know. That's
1: what's crazy. It's like, how does he have this extra money? Come on. Oh well, maybe on the run, but I'm not. I'm not a monster or an animal. You know, was I born in a barn?
0: I wasn't. What was I raised in a barn? Exactly. I could ask you, mother. Okay. Now, now that's the thing. About... His
1: mom, man. It's like, right. like I was. I was joking about before we started recording. Was. His mom is like the Midge character in Vertigo. That she has the the, the quippy one liners back. Like she's like the the forlorn girlfriend, but she's his mom. And, Except she's seven years older yeah, I was than him. Say she's like. Barely. I'm sure
0: someone has already brought this up on the show <sighs> sure. since we don't we don't actually hear we're not hearing the other shows no, before no, these exactly. are recorded. But yeah, Jesse Royce Landis is only seven years older. She barely looks older than him. Almost I, she looks the same that, age. That's
1: like like Connery playing uh, you know Ford's father in Indiana Jones.
0: Yeah. Yes, I had you when I was 17 exactly. or four <laughs> or 38. Yeah. He, uh, so he, he, so not only did he tip him, he's now like, well, I, you did give me a suit. I should probably try it on.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. Sure. Why not?
0: <coughs> Dude, you are wanted for murder and your fingerprints well, not, are now actually, all, all over the place. For, you're not wanted for murder yet. No,
1: but your you're fingerprints not are all over the place now.
0: Well, that's I guess that lends itself. well, but yeah, but what bad guys check fingerprints. I guess he's only he's not wanted by anybody yet. He's still no. in a who done it and well, he is wanted in that he did go to a party and drive drunk. So <laughs> right now DUI is his worst of his in, in our weeks to come, he, he will have worse things happen. There was no
1: such thing as DUI back then. That was just a no. slap no, on the wrist. Driving while white. Exactly. <laughs> he, they they were like, "Oh, sir, are you okay?" <laughs> Oh, it's Cary Grant. Don't worry, he's like that all the time. Uh, famous Lush exactly. Cary Grant, but but no, but I, I think it's just hilarious that I mean the way the mom is his mom is quipping back with him on everything.
0: Every time it's, you say "mom," I laugh.
1: I know because it's like <laughs> whatever, mom. It's like I don't I don't buy it, you know. And it's it's Hitchcock has very specific archetypes, and 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 that's she suits that one girlfriend or forlorn girlfriend or. This is left
0: over from the forties, fifties. It didn't really go away until we're about, we're about to hit the sixties. Exactly. So we're about to lose the, the weak, you know, snippy wife or, or or mother. We're about to, we're about to get like more of a barefoot in the park type of, Mm -hmm. type of lady, like a, you know, women's lib and, you know, all this kind of stuff. So women could be powerful and have their own apartments and, you know, do things. This movie is still very much in the, it's fifty nine, but it feels older.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And what's interesting to me is that, that this is written by Ernest Lehman, uh, who'd written other scripts with, with original other scripts for Hitchcock before. Uh you know, including uh eventually he would write uh Family Platform as well.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: this is, you know, they've already got that collaboration thing going back to, you know, years before this. So I mean that's it's great, you know.
0: Chris, maybe you can answer this for me.
1: How did Hitchcock
0: get along with his writers?
1: It depends. I mean, I spoke with uh, with the writer of Psycho, uh, Joseph. Oh, God, what's his name? I got to look that up real quick. Give me one second. I always want to call him Ralph Macchio because he reminded me of Ralph Macchio. Joseph Stefano. I spoke with the writer of Psycho, Joseph Stefano, years ago because they were doing a screening at the Austin Film Festival of Psycho. And Stefano was there talking about it. He said he had, like, the most amazing time working with Hitchcock. Like it was a dream. Now I don't know. Just
0: his, just the female, his female female that that he had problems with. Yeah,
1: exactly. Now I know, I know that he had some issues with with Bernard Herman as well, Mm. from time to time. And I'm, I'm imagining he had issues with his writers as well, and probably, you know, he had his wife come in and and rewrite uh, plenty of the scripts for him um, on set. That's never
0: good. That's never good for your the way you're dealing with your uh, your writer if his wife's here.
1: Oh, she's here Oh, Crap, man. She's gonna rewrite the whole script. Uh, but I know that that you know, with as a, as a whole, uh, at least Stefano said that he had he had a really good relationship with him. I don't know, I would assume Lehman did as well if he wrote multiple scripts for him, mm-hmm. you know. So, uh, but
0: also, when, he was the at, of the time, he was the pfft, Spielberg of the time.
1: Oh, yeah, Hitchcock was I would
0: call him the Spielberg because Spielberg's pro pro, uh, was so prolific in the eighties and nineties like this.
1: Yeah. There's very few directors that are like that nowadays.
0: I mean, go listen. Now we have a Patreon up, uh, uh, that is about the De Palma documentary. And when you go back and you actually look at De Palma's work, he didn't have a lot of
1: hits. No, no. I mean, they become more cult films nowadays than
0: yeah than that. But it, Hitchcock it a, is like Spielberg in the eighties and nineties. Yeah, 90s I mean, I mean, I mean,
1: that's the thing with with Hitchcock when he did certain movie, certain types of movies that were like considered not big hits and that were like sort of taboo. It was like, oh my god, what's he doing? Well, he's going to hurt himself. He's going to hurt his career. I know that that Marnie had some issues like that, and I know definitely Psycho did. <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, so That's
0: where he straight up had say, I'm going to have a murder <laughs> a super murder movie. And yeah. you know, they're showing the blood and the drain and you know, at the time yeah. that's just you didn't and, do that. And you know,
1: for for years he used very specific Hollywood crews to make his films that gave him the very specific look that like this one in particular. Uh but with Psycho he wouldn't use his his Alfred Hitchcock presents crews. He put the, the yeah. crew together like that real quick. And, and I think he, quickly. I,
0: I think that's one of the influences you see with De Palma yeah. is the, the goriness, the, yeah. the gore without gore. Well, most well, of De Palma's movies, not gory. No, no, but no. But there's always blood. Yes.
1: And, and to me, there's there's one thing that, that Hitchcock does really, really well that De Palma is, has tried to emulate and kind of does, but in a different way. Um, Hitchcock's films can be a little sleazy at times for the time. Sure. But De Palma's sleazy in 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 aping you know Hitchcock's sleaziness in the time of the eighties came off really sleazy.
0: <laughs> I mean Eve Marie Saint uh, let, inviting a man back to her room later in the movie—that's
1: yeah. scandalous. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, I mean, and, and even some, something in like Rear Window—he's he's he's he's, he's uh, peeping on all these all his neighbors and including uh, uh, Mrs. Torso, you know, with the the ballerina. I mean, oh yeah, the people
0: Well, the people well, the peeping. Yeah, that whole thing of rear window. Yeah, that's exactly. the whole. I mean, the whole point of and, that movie is it's, like, it's a voyeur. It's a voyeur thing, which, which we know De Palma definitely, definitely does.
1: Yeah, and and even Vertigo, you know, which was a couple of years before this. I mean, he's he's basically remaking this woman to look like this other woman at one point. You know, so I mean, that's, that there was a there was a huge sort of sleaziness to Hitchcock that though, the as we were talking about earlier, the female actors in his in his films. Definitely felt in real life, uh, but he was so he was considered so classy by the mainstream filmmakers and, and audiences that you know that sort of thing just it, it wasn't a big deal. Unfortunately,
0: I, that's what was happening at that time. I'm sure yeah. he overstepped his boundaries. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't know. Was he a philanderer? Did he not?
1: I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I never saw the other the, that Hitchcock film that uh, that they made with uh, him and uh, about him and Psycho with uh, Janet Lee, but I knew that he was. He was always or was very he just kind of them. mean. Just he was kind, kind of mean, like like he was very. He had a very specific type, and he was very like poking and prodding at these these women to get the performances he wanted, but also because he had a specific fetish, I guess, to to you know, kind of be mentally mentally and verbally abusive at times. From mm. The stories that I've heard, yeah, okay,
0: you know, yeah, that that's a shame.
1: Yeah, but you know, I mean, uh, we 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 hear about certain filmmakers, and you're like, oh man. It's, oh yeah
0: well i mean this yeah it's it's tame to yell at your actors yes i mean I now mean, <laughs>
1: who does you think he is james cameron <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, james cameron <laughs> don't get me started on james cameron exactly
0: so he tries on the suit it's made for a much smaller man yes. and, and we get a couple of great lines from his mother yes uh about you know invisible tailors must made by invisible weavers excuse yes, me exactly
1: no invisible weaver what
0: a great what a great line i know
1: but, oh, but I love that, that he's got this relationship with his mother, and, and it's like the the beginnings of Psycho, you know? Like, you can imagine <laughs> imagine Norman and his mom being this way before the, the crap hit the fan there, you know? I miss
0: the double-take <clears throat> eye look in movies. You don't get yeah. it anymore. Eddie Murphy was the king of it oh, in, yeah. the ni- in the 90s yeah. and the 80s. He would look at the camera, or he would double-look at the person.
1: Yeah, there's that moment and, in Trading Places where he looks right at the camera, and then yeah, you know, bacon,
0: yeah. lettuce, and tomato sandwich. Mm-hmm. He just looks at the camera, but I I love Cary Grant doing that when he puts on the puts on or he puts the pants up to his legs to show that the legs are much shorter. Yeah, and his mom's like, "That's much better." <laughs> and he's like, he's like, literally, I ha- I mean, to her, he's a uh, he's a uh, uh, you know a ne'er do well. Uh, you know, he's been caught by the police. He's been found out for drunk driving. Uh, he's asked her to come or to meet him because he, you know, the beginning of this movie. Yeah. This movie definitely has some psycho esque things because he is really worried that his mother isn't going to be called about their lunch. Yeah. That he even says, I have to call her, even though I told my secretary to do it. But oh God, she's not going to be there. She's not there. She's somewhere else. It's like, dude, who cares? Mm-hmm. It's 1959. Who cares? But you no one had you- a phone. They just, I guess you just did other things. I guess if you didn't show up for something, it's like, well, I guess they're dead or I, they're not showing up.
1: I guess he's standing me up. Oh, well, you know, but it's amazing that, that you're right. You're right. There's a lot of issues with uh, mothers and in, in, in this film in particular <laughs> with, you know, with, with Carrie Grant's character and his mother.
0: Yeah. Well, we get, a, we get a lot of her too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she's really good. She's a really good actress. Yeah, she is. She's super fun in this. And she's been in a bunch of other uh, of his movies. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure that has been covered. Uh, one thing I loved in this scene, right before we get to the telephone call, uh, the headboards. Can we talk about the headboards? Oh, yeah. You know me. I'm always looking for some weird thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's there's gross, like, wine-colored blankets in the closet. And it matches this tapestry on the beds. And of course, oh, double beds, my friend. Oh my you god. You cannot have. Can you imagine Mr. Kaplan sleeping in a king-size bed or a oh, queen?
1: Well, how would he share it with his mother? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> mother, could you stay in this room with me?
1: Exactly. I was like, oh,
0: well, one thing I was looking at, I can't tell, it might just be the copy we're looking at. Does this phone have uh numbers on it? It has it has a dial pad. The 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 Rollie, the roller pad, right? I think so. Let me look. When I was looking at it, I kept going, "Man, is it just really dark and I just can't see it or does that phone have no you can only be rung, or if you you know, it's one of those ones where you pick it up and you're like operator, operator." It might <laughs> be. I can't
1: I can't really tell. I'm looking at it. And it's it's hard to, it, hard to make I it I feel up. like
0: it's just the white, and it makes me... I'm like, oh, this is an interesting hotel. It's like, no, you can't call out. Just call down to the operator. They'll yeah. take care of everything. Since there was no... free, uh, The Freedom of Information Act did not exist, and everyone told everyone everything.
1: Exactly. I mean, that's what it looks like. It looks like there are no numbers on it, but I haven't seen him dial yet, so... I'm
0: sure he pushed the little, the little clacker on top.
1: Yeah. And she's like, hello?
0: Hello? It's room 7, whatever room it is. <laughs> what are we at? 796?
1: Mr. Kaplan's room, room 7...
0: Mr. Ka- or or they just answer. They're like, hello, Mr. Yeah. Kaplan.
1: You're like, oh. Which is even scary. I've been in hotels like that. When, and even they've got numbers. They're like, hello, Mr. Mears. I'm like, uh, hello? I'm like, hello? Did I call you? How do you know this is me? Yeah, <clears throat> you know, they got a switchboard and everything down at the bottom.
0: So he gets a phone call, and we hear just the beginning of it. So we'll probably wait until our next minute to talk about it. But yeah, it's just the, just the slightest hint.
1: Who is it?
0: Who is it? It's the impi. No. So, so we're going to our favorite new segment, bellhop stories.
1: Doo, doo, doo.
0: Well, I have am I'm gonna put in a little
1: bell ring. Oh, a little ding. <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna have, you to have Jerry Lewis going for Laban
0: For Lavin, Lady Flavin. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let, let me, let me, let me tell you. A, let me regale you with. A, I'm gonna regale you with another story from the Plaza Hotel and their butlers thereof. Give me a second to find the one. Uh, I'm waiting on Ben. Ben, come on, hurry up! Okay. All right, uh, Ben Solo. Here, here are some of the things that they have, they have people have asked for, uh, or things that behavior that has happened that they have noticed as butlers. Uh, They once had a problem. There were a bunch of lobster shells that kept appearing in the fountain. There's an interior fountain in the hotel, and no one knew what was going on. And then they started figuring it out that people – there was a prince that was staying there, Uh and he would order lobster, and he would shuck the lobster and throw the empty shells out the window.
1: Oh. Again,
0: this is recently. This is in modern times. (laughs) You know in the past ten years he would throw this out and then one time uh, a, a man or a, hold on seriously come on ben what do you come on thank you all right he's just rummaging around all right kids uh one of the female butlers uh and they're not called maids. There are female butlers. Uh-huh. The female, uh, she, she, uh, she uh, got a phone call, and it was one of their clients, and they were hysterically crying, <laughs> and she couldn't understand it. Her, she couldn't understand the woman who had called. She's like, ma'am, ma'am, what's the problem? And when she finally got her to calm down through the tears, she found out that there was no Kleenex in the suite, and that the young daughter had the young, and that uh this woman's young daughter had been forced to blow her no- nose on toilet paper.
1: Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) So
0: this tells you where the plaza has gone in the past sixty years. Wow, wow!
1: Nowhere. It's still stuck in nineteen in nineteen sixties, nineteen Nineteen fifty-nine.
0: Yep. So there's your there's your Butler story. (sighs) Uh, We'll we'll come back tomorrow for minute thirty three of. North by Northwest. You can always find us at minuteimpossible.com. And you can find the uh, Hitchcock Minute has all the episodes of this movie, North by Northwest. And also go to moviesbyminutes.com to find uh, over 100 different movies by minutes. My, one of my recommendations, I will recommend to you Titanic Minute by our friends Rob and the rest of the Midnight Boys. It's uh, it's an excellent show. It was a really long movie, and you should listen to their podcast because it's hilarious <laughs> and yeah. also amazing. <clears throat> so, uh, Chris, do you have a recommendation of a movies mm-hmm. by minutes podcast?
1: No, I- I'm all for the Titanic one. Those guys are funny. <laughs> no,
0: nope, just whatever you say. Just okay. whatever you
1: say. You're right. You're good with that one. I'm. All right. I, I-, I support those guys. As long as they're until not on th- our show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, until tomorrow. Uh, let's say, uh, we'll, uh, what should we say? Until tomorrow, good evening. Goodbye, Mr. Thornhill, wherever you are.